Lord and Heavenly Father. Thank you, Father God, for this fabulous, fabulous message, Father. That you have given us, Lord, this great topic, Father God. Where, Lord, we see your perspective of refining, Father God. Why you do what you're doing in our lives, Father God. It is because of your great love towards us. It is because of the commitment that you have taken over us, Father God. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, Father God. Where, Lord, this topic urges us, Father God, to become pure and pure, pure and pure, Father God, and not to resist your work in our life, Father God, which is for all good. We might not feel like that at the present moment, but Lord, the end result, what you are going to do out of this is so profound, Father. So I pray, Father God, for your blessing over next level group, Father God. Lord, there are many, Lord, who are going through this refining process, Father God. Lord, I pray that they will catch you through this process, Lord, that they will hold on to you through this process, Lord, that they will have your perspective, Lord, the midst of the fire, Father. I submit this time to you, Father, and I pray, Father God, make each one of them, Lord, to hear your words and your voice, not anybody else, Father. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. So as I was uh, preparing for this topic, I'm just uh, bubbling up so much because so much I have to cut out of this lecture call because of time. And one of the things that I came across was an article about a food inspector. And um, it talks about what they need to do in their job. So you know, of all the jobs in the world, one that I would really hate to have is a food inspector work for the FDA. Not because I don't think I would catch any bad meat or spoiled vegetables. It's not because of that foul smell or the disgusting feeling, but because of what, what I might be required to miss a food inspector's job more than catching the bad meat or spoiled vegetable is to miss certain things. So when you read a list of what those inspectors are required to let go out to the public, how many insect parts, how many mouse droppings, etc., it just made me get stick to my stomach reading that list saying how much you have to miss, how much insect parts and mouse droppings you need to ignore being a food inspector for the FDA. That really grossed me out. And I think the more you do the job, more willing you would be to let a lot of things pass. But if I knew my family was eating the meat, what would I let go? Nothing. I want my food uncontaminated. When I read a label that says pure beef, I want it to be just that. When it says pure and whole uh, chicken, I want it to be that. When it says pure water, to me is water without anything but water in it, just water. 
And when we look at this topic of the refiner's fire, God's refining work, what does he want in each one of us, in his children? Purity is just that important to God. And is it that important to you? Are you willing to pray for God's cleansing, for God's refining in your life? Are you willing to ask God to purify you and continue to purify you all your life? Or do you say, Lord, I am done with this purifying. I'm done being in this hot furnace. Lord, it is hot. You, done, you did it in my life two years ago. I'm not willing to go through it again. I am done for my life. So where are you in your walk with the Lord? God's desire for us to be pure, we should desire to be pure too. Because at the end, Alois can't make it to heaven. The true value of the life of a follower of Jesus Christ is not measurable against what you hold in the stock exchange or what you have in your bank account or the car you drive or the house you live in or from whose family you are in. It is in a person standing with God, the lack of impurity level, no alloy, no 10 karat gold, but the purest and the finest gold. That is what God wants in each one of us. C.S. Lewis said, once we give God permission by surrendering our lives to him, he will not stop that process of purifying us, no matter how painful or, or unpleasant it may be. So when you surrendered your life to Christ, did you come to him just for blessings? Or you surrendered your, surrendered your life to Christ to have him the whole control of your life, your whole being, your thoughts, your desires, your will, your ambition. So why did you come to Christ in the first place? And if you have surrendered your life to him, you cannot say, Lord, I had gone through this purifying process two years back. I don't want to go through this again because your life is not your own. He is your master and you are his slave. He is your potter and you are just a clay in his hands. And God wants us to be remain pliable in his hands so that there is no alloy left in us so that we don't end up like a 10 karat gold that is worthless. That will not cut it to become the crown in your, in your Savior's brow. As a Christian, we will be refined. All believers will be refined. God desires us to be holy and he is calling us to be pure. Because you and I are called to be the pure bride of Christ. No lies, no corruption, no impurities, nothing except purity. So if you are going through the furnace of God's purification process, the Bible says that you are blessed. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus goes on to say, who is blessed? And you are blessed because God loves you so much and he doesn't want any alloy to remain in you. When Job went through the purification process, his friends came from all over the town and they were saying, Job, you did this wrong. You might have done this sin. You might have 
done this to your slaves and blah, 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 all those things. That's why God is punishing you. So when a fellow believer is going through the hot furnace, what is your thought about them? How are you judging them? Because remember at the end, God told all his three friends that you guys are wrong to speak against my servant Job like that. So be careful, be watchful, what you are judging, what you are thinking, what judgment are you passing towards your fellow brothers who are going through fire. You are called to uphold them in prayer and you are not called to judge them or pass any condemnation towards them. So do you have people around or do you know people around who are going through fire? And how are you lifting them up? Are you saying, oh, I'm perfect. That's why God is not correcting me, punishing me. He's not putting me in, me, um, putting me in the refiner's fire. But the Bible says repeatedly, repeatedly that God corrects his own. So this, this lecture is a calling to see, are you his own? Have you surrendered his life, your life to him? Or did you accept Christ in the first place for his blessing? If you have surrendered your life to him, and then when people go through the refining process or you are going through a refining process, your perspective on this refining fire would be so different. And why I say again and again, when God corrects people, they are blessed. This is a truth, a true story. The television personality, Arthur Godfrey, likes to tell the story of his acquaintance with an old blacksmith. He used to watch this man at his work as he took each piece of metal in his experienced hand to examine it. Some he would throw onto one pile to be worked on later, but others he would glance at and throw onto the junk heap. Please listen to this uh, story carefully. Some he would throw onto one pile to be worked on later, but others he would glance at and throw onto the junk heap. Godfrey's asked, why is it that you throw some onto the junk heap and some over here? The blacksmith said, I can see that some of that metal will be useful when it is put through the fire. There is something in it that will let it go through the fire and come out refined and perfected. But the other metal, it is useless. It cannot take the fire. So I have to toss it over onto the junk heap. The ex that experience made a lasting impression on Godfrey. It became symbolic of some of the experiences he had later in life. He recognized that many of the difficult experience he had to go through were the very things that tested and proved him and made him a better man. It became something of a motto in his life. When he faced one of these difficult situations, he would say, Lord, the fire, not the junk heap. That was his prayer when he went through a difficult situation because he knew what it means to go through the fire and he knows what it what means to end up in the junk heap. What could be so tragic as to set aside and declare no longer useful to the Lord? How much better to go through the fires of testing and proving 
if in the end you come out refined and purified and able to be used once again by God and used in a more expansive way than you had been used before. The law of the fire equips us for the Lord's service. So when you are in the refiner's fire, God is equipping you for his service. A brick maker knows that before he can build a house of brick, the bricks have to go through fire. And the Lord knows that before he can build a spiritual house, his building stones, which are human lives, have to go through fire so that he can build a spiritual house in you and in me. Lord, the fire, not the junk heap. Rather, the fires that divide, separate and put me in a place where God alone have access to me. I would prefer to personally prefer to go through the fire than end up in the junk heap. Is it going to be difficult? Yes, it is going to be extremely difficult. Is it going to be painful? Yes, it is going to be extremely painful. Is it going to be hot there? Yes, it is going to be hot there. But my Lord is putting me there for a better purpose so that you can use me better, so that you can ex expand my work for him, so that you can use me more in people's life. I never want to end up in the junk heap. I prefer to remain in that hot fire for him to refine me, for him to uh, strip away all the, all the things that is not pleasing before him. So if you are going through a fire, and if you are in the waiting room thinking, Lord, when, Lord, when this fire is going to end, I just want to let you know that he is not, he is not ignoring you. His eyes is continuously upon you. He is watching and he is sitting in the, in before that fire, undisturbed. As I was preparing for this, uh, for this lecture, you know, I have seen farmers burning uh, their, um, um, after harvest, their, um, what is it, their farmlands. And I was doing some research to find out why do they do that? So I ended up reading, um, ended up in a 17-page article from the Department of Natural Resources and USA Forest Service. You might think fire is bad, but not always. Though fires are commonly viewed as life-threatening disaster, when the farmers set their field on fire, it is a prescribed fire. Prescribed burning can actually help landowners improve their property and its value by purposely setting regulated fires called prescribed burns. You can improve wildlife habitat. American Indians intentionally set fires to stimulate plant growth on grasslands and keep forest areas open to produce food such as blueberries. Early European settlers used fires for hundreds of years to keep pastures open and healthy. Prescribed burning is still used by some farmers and by other land managers such as the Department of Natural Resources and the USA Forest Services as a boost pasture productivity enhance native plant uh, communities. When properly managed, fire can rejuvenate open areas to create lush and healthy grassland. 
contrary to popular myth fire actually helps many open land wildlife species, species including bluebirds prai prairies chickens waterfowl and so on and on it also what does it does it it retards the growth of brush and trees which can overtake open areas and crowd out some animal and plant species so god's refining fire is like this prescribed fire it is not a wildfire it is not to consume you but it is a prescribed fire to refine you farmers burn crop residue as a management tool in the fall after harvesting rice soybeans corn and cotton burning helps them prepare fields for the next growing season and to rid fields of pests and diseases that may affect the next crop so think of it spiritually what is this prescribed fire it is to get rid of the pests and the diseases that may affect the growth in you that may affect the the light of christ to shine in you that might affect you being the holy temple for him so prescribed fire this helps reduce the risk of destructive and potential deadly wildfires that is a difference between the prescribed fire it is to reduce the risk of destructive and potentially deadly wildfire you know when satan was in the heaven what did he do the destructive thing that he did was he he was encountered with pride and he gave into pride and that was a wildfire that consumed him and that took him away from the presence of the lord and when you are in the refiner's fire god is protecting you from that wildfire from the destructive and deadly wildfire and the prescribed fire has a set boundary boundary and the described the prescribed fire is set on a on certain times and it ends on a certain time it is not like a wildfire that keeps on going ancient refiners understood the power and presence of fire not only did they understand it they invited it they did everything possible to make sure that when they did their work with metals that the best fire and the perfect heat were present they even invented new ways to make the fire hotter and hotter archaeologists have discovered that the average temperature that these ancient refiners were able to generate was somewhere near 1815 degree 50 degree fahrenheit that is just a little cooler than molten lava they used handmade fans that enabled them to increase the heat refining was both dangerous work and an art if you did not have the fire hot enough you could not purify the metals they would become they would not become pure and if you did not keep your eyes on everything you could not only make a mess you could start a wildfire and kill yourself and your family getting rid of the dross was perhaps the hardest work of all for a refiner one had to carefully take away the dross out of the molten metal you can imagine how hard that would be with the metal hovering around 1850 50 degrees fahrenheit you could easily burn a hole through your skin in a matter of seconds all of this took great skill dedication and fire 
and who has better skill to refine you and me than god's holy spirit who else know just how much fire we need and how hot it needs to be who else know how to remove all the impurities that need to be removed from our hearts from our minds from our souls through this topic if you and me want to be pure and holy then we must allow the holy spirit to bring on the heat and the fire we must allow the holy spirit to be the holy spirit in our lives we must not dictate or command the holy spirit what he should do and what he should not do but we must allow the holy spirit to be the holy spirit in our lives convicting cleaning leading and guiding us we must allow the holy spirit to remove off the dross out of our lives the dross would be anything that would cause us to be impure unholy and unrighteous in act chapter 2 we read how the holy spirit fell on those in the upper room we rejoice and celebrate that outpouring of god's holy spirit but we forget sometimes that they first had to wait 10 days 10 days of praying 10 days of allowing the holy spirit to convict them cleanse them and get them ready 10 days of the holy spirit refining them as they forgave one another and began and became one with one another 10 days of facing the heat so to speak and how did they become one with one another because they were carrying the burdens of one another they were standing for one another they did not mock other believers they did not judge other believers they did not condemn other believers but they were lifting up one another in prayer and even after the fire of the holy spirit fell we read in the book of acts how those like peter and paul and others experienced more and more holy spirit's refinement the longer they lived the more they allowed the holy spirit to burn off anything that would hinder them from being the people god decided for them to be in this life they knew that they they would one day stand before the lord god almighty they knew that the day of appointment was coming and they would under god's examination they would be under god's examination they wanted to be ready for that day so they prayed for the refining fire of the holy spirit they pray constantly for god to cleanse them infill them and empower them they did their best to live a life worthy of jesus christ their messiah and lord so they surrendered their life to christ they did not put terms with their walk with their lord but they surrendered and they were willing to go through that ongoing refining process of the holy spirit so as a christian it is not a one time event it is a continual process that happens throughout our christian journey each trial each trial we face is an opportunity for our faith to be refined each challenge is a chance for us to grow to learn to mature and as we go through this process we become more and more like christ who is the perfecter of our faith and as we go through trials and our faith is refined we become better equipped to serve others to encourage others to comfort others with the comfort we ourselves receive from our god our refined faith becomes a beacon of hope to those around us who are going through their own trials and not only that the trials we face in this life are temporary but the faith that is refined through this trial has eternal value because there will be no a lot in you you will be the purest and the finest gold 
and the precious gold that God intends in you and me. And through this fire, we are not alone. God is with us, guiding us, strengthening us, comforting us. He is the refiner, the one who knows exactly what we need to go through to bring out the pure gold in us. He is the one who promises to never leave us or forsake us, the one who will give you and me the grace and the strength to endure it. So again, the refining process is not a sign of God's displeasure or rejection, but it is a sign of his love and it's a sign of his commitment to you and me. He refines us because he loves us, because he wants the best for us, because he wants us to be like him. That is why you and I go through the refining process. And this is a story I want you to hold on as you're going through this refining process. Pioneers were making their way across one of central states to a distant place that had been opened up for homesteading. This is a true, true story. They traveled in covered wagons drawn by oxen and progress was necessarily slow. One day they were horrified to know, note a long line of smoke in, in, uh, coming from ahead of them stretching for, for miles across the prairie. And soon it was evident that the dried grass in front of them was burning fiercely and coming towards them rapidly. But the pioneers, they had just crossed a river the day before, but it would be impossible to go back to that before the flames would be upon them. One man only seemed to have understanding as to what could be done. He gave the command to set fire to the grass behind them. Then when a space was burned over, the whole company moved back upon it. As the flames roared on towards them from the front, a little girl cried out in terror, Are you sure we shall not all be burnt up? The leader replied, My child, the flames cannot reach us here, for we are standing where the fire has been. So when you are a chosen child of God and God has started to do the refining process in your life, not one of the enemy's fire can reach you for you are standing on the rock where the holy fire has taken place. So when the enemy sets a fire before you, you need to let God to refine you, to set a fire in you so that the enemy does not touch you. And remember, when God has started the refining fire in you, none of the enemy's fire can come near you because you belong to him and he will not allow a wildfire to consume you. Our God will allow only the prescribed fire in our life and never a wildfire. That is the commitment and that is the contract he has made to you and me, that he will be faithful, that he will not let a wildfire come and consume us. One of my favorite verses, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not see you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. 
your Savior. If you know the Savior, if you know this God, the Holy One of Israel, and if you have surrendered his, your life to him, and if you are in the middle of a fire, he will not let the enemy's fire. It, if, if, if you are in a fire that is set by the enemy, he will not let the enemy's wildfire to consume you. Neither will he allow his prescribed fire to consume you. But he will do the necessary work in your life through the prescribed fire. So stand firm in your faith. Don't think that God has forgotten you. Don't think that he is, he does not like you. Don't think that, that, that you are not his beloved child. That is not true. He loves you more than you can imagine. And through this fire, he is showing you how much he is loving you, how much he wants to refine you, how much he wants you to be his bride, how much he wants to come and build a spiritual house in you so that he can use you for a greater purpose. Lord and Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your refiner's fire, Father God, that you put in our lives. Lord, that is not to destroy us. That is not for destruction. That is not to humiliate us. That is not to shame us. That is not to say that we don't belong to you. But it is the opposite. That it is to say that you are my bride. You are my beloved. I love you. But I don't see the things that is in you. Once I refine those things out of you, once I purify those things out of you, I can use you for greater degree than what I'm using you right now. That is why I have put you in that fire. And I am a faithful God and I will not let the wildfire of the evil to come and consume you, yours, your belongings, your family, your friends, the prayer circles that you are lifting up in prayer. That is what God wants us to hear today. That he is there for you and me. And this refining fire is a prescribed fire and not a wildfire. And as you are going through this refining process, as you are in the hottest part, he is saying, I am sitting in front of you. I have the skill to take you out at the right time. I know it better than anybody else. I have done this in countless people's life, time and again, time and again, time and again, so that I can use you as a precious metal in my crown. Because alloys cannot make it to heaven. 10 karat gold cannot make it to heaven. So I'm making this, this process you're going through, I'm creating the purest, the finest gold I love you so much that I want you in heaven. Thank you, Father God, for this precious message, the hope, the confidence that you have given in us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. I pray, Father God, for each one of us who listens to this message will hear loud and clear to love your Holy Spirit's refining process in our life. And may the, our faith grow in you, Father God, exponentially, Father God. And I pray your blessing over the next level group. I pray all of this, Lord, in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.